Hello, friends. Welcome to the podcast. This is episode 54 of the Questions Podcast, where you get your spiritual minty freshness and... Oh, no. Oh, no. I, I got to remember to push the right button. Have, have I been silenced? Just just at the beginning. Oh, okay. Well, I was going to say... I would, I, never, I, was, I would never silence you I, otherwise. Where would you get your cold-blooded love from? That's a good question. I don't think they sell that at CVS. No, it's here. This is a limited edition, limited time offer. Can't get it at Vaughn's. Can't get it at Ralph's. Can't get it at CVS. It's only at Cross Connection Church. There you go. And on the Questions Podcast. And episode 54. We, um, yeah, we're cruising right along. Wow. So, um, yeah. Is, is there anything out there going on with the lead us to believe except... Uh, we don't want to get in the news yet. We're first. not going to get it. We're not, oh, okay. I'm just right. looking. I'm like, is there anything out there but but just coronavirus and uh, and election politics? Stuff? Oh, I don't know. Whores. Let's just let's just have a sip of tea. I'm and having everything will be better. What are you drinking? Miles? I got some chai. Yeah, let, that, let me sip my chai. Have a sip of oh. Mm. Oh yeah, you look, like you really enjoyed that. There. Yeah. Oh, oh let me, I feel let me. I feel better already. Oh, that sounds good. What are you drinking? <sighs> I am drinking mint tea. Mint tea with to a little contribute bit. to the spiritual minty freshness. Absolutely, and I'm drinking it in my stainless steel Yeti insulated cross connection security team. I got limited big, edition cup. I got my big vintage Starbucks cup here. Let me take another sip here. Oh, mm. Mm. I feel way better. Yeah, way better. Now, don't worry. I haven't stopped drinking coffee. Well, that's good. Me neither. But I, I try to drink that only in the mornings at this time. I drink it all day. Just kind of just plug in the IV. Is it warm in here? It is. I, I was just thinking, you know, I'm going to turn on the... It must be the tea. We're drinking hot tea. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know. And the weather is a little bit warmer today. Yeah. The weather's been up and down kind of crazy, huh? Yeah. I, I think there's some rain coming this weekend. About time. We like the rain. We need the rain. Rain is good. It Let's washes take things. It. Although I was just talking with someone and they were saying, I'm ready for spring. Are you ready for spring? No. No? I like winter. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. I love fall and winter. Those are great, great seasons. That's my favorite time of year, too, yeah. going into the holidays. Yeah. Fall this time, I guess, is okay, too. I mean, we're not too far away from Easter. I know. Yeah. Per adventure. How many weeks? Uh, six weeks, I think. Five, wow. six weeks. We should probably get a plan for what we're going to do, huh? We're gonna we're gonna sing about Jesus. That's our plan. We're gonna do some Eastery things. We're pretty good at that. Resurrection weekend. Some more tea. Okay. Mm. Do you think we'll ever? Do you think we'll ever do a uh, a sunrisey thing again? I mean, we kind of do sunrise. I'm not service. much of a morning person. No. Well, I guess. I mean, we could. I mean, the seven thirty service is pretty early. It's it's sunshine. It's early for me. For it's, Ron to Benedictus, my dad, seven thirty is like man. That's like midday. Yeah, he's already on a lunch break. I know he's been up for like six hours by then. Yeah, what's the old army saying? We do more before eight o'clock than most people do all day. I guess so. Yeah, that was an old recruit. That's thing. not me. Yeah, you're not an early early person. No, I stay up late. Mm. I see. I like mm. to get up like five fifteen, five thirty. Mm, no, I don't like to do that. I make coffee. Yeah, I sit in this really comfortable chair. Mm-hmm. And I can look out. There's a beautiful view out the back of my home. Yeah. Towards the mountain. There was until that guy built that monstrosity of a house. Well, that's there. okay because actually I'm really looking at my boat. Oh, okay. The whole time. Well, there so, you yeah, go. I'm looking at the boat and the mountain. I'm feeling huh. good. All right. Yeah. My, um, when, when Andrea needs to go to the ICU, she gets up really early. 
And she kind of nicely says goodbye and I love you as she goes out the door at oh dark 30. Does she, she doesn't wake you up. She just slides out. No, she comes, gives me a little kiss on the forehead. Yeah. Says goodbye. And I, go, to, hey, I see you later. She's not like, hey, I'm bringing home the bacon, you slacker, wake up. She's a much more of a morning person than me. She's kind of a chipper person. She's happy in the mornings. She's chipper. You're not chipper. I'm, I'm not happy until like 10 in the morning. That's why I don't even talk to you till after second service. Yeah. yeah. On Sunday. You come in and just you do your thing. More, more tea. More tea? You're having that? Mm. More time for more tea? Mm-hmm. So, um, you seemed chipper this morning when you came in? I was on my way to go teach at the Bible College. Ah. We're talking about a topic that I actually enjoy talking about. Was it Isaiah? No, we were talking about determining God's will. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. So talking about the call of God, the will of God, and vision. Did anybody cast any lots? I don't know. Okay. They, they all seem to be tracking with me, so that's good. Mm. I didn't lose anybody along the way, I don't think. I think that's, that's, in a Christian's life, that's key. The call of God, I would say that's the number one question that I get from people over the years, yeah. is uh, how do I determine God's will and call for my life? Determine what that will and call is. And then I think the second challenge for people is sticking with it. And yeah, follow e- through. Even when it's rough. Because, mm-hmm. you know, let's face it, just because it's God's will does not always mean it's the easiest thing in the world. That is very Sometimes true. Sometimes there's That's challenges to those things, and you're tested in those things. What if God wills that you suffer? We, uh, I'm in America. Nobody suffers here. That's a hard one, because there's yeah. a lot of Christians suffering throughout the world. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that is kind of a little bit of bad theology that creeps into the church or even just our own minds at times. It's like, wait, well, we shouldn't suffer. We're Christians. Uh-huh. We're never going to suffer. It's like, no. I think I could make we a get pretty colds. good case for the opposite. We get colds. We get the flu. We suffer. We get cancer and die. Some people. Yeah. And then there's other people being persecuted for their faith in other parts of the world right now. Absolutely. Right this second. Mm-hmm. We're actually pretty privileged here. Pretty protected. We got it good. Yeah. To whom much is given. Although, you know, it does appear, and there seems to be some proofs for this throughout history, that where the church is under pressure, the church grows better and stronger. Mm. So we're kind of complacent here in America. Hashtag America. America. A little bit complacent. We get angry when the, the hot tea takes a little too long to boil the water. Or we can't get good internet. Yeah, that's a that's, problem. Oh, man, that's, that's, man, I had that problem the other you day. You talk about, geez, the great tribulation. Take somebody's internet. Dial up. Yeah, you put them back on dial. <laughs> boom, boom. Remember that thing? Yeah. Remember Net Zero? Oh, yeah, I had a Net Zero account. Man. That yep. was like, yeah. I had one of those. Hmm. That I was mean, the day. That, that thing. AOL. You remember when you used to get the discs in the mail from AOL? Yep. Yeah. So... Hey, I got I got to use the phone. Get off the internet. I remember that. You know, it's One funny that line. it's funny that this actually has come up because I was I was um, looking for sounds the other day, and um, what were we looking for sounds for? For our podcast. Oh, okay. and you know, it's I didn't I didn't plan this at all, but I got this one. See if you remember this one. Welcome. You remember that one? You got mail. Here we go. Uh, let's see. Oh. You've got mail. Yeah. That was in a movie, too. Uh-huh. Tom Hanks. Yep. Goodbye. Goodbye. Welcome. 
That was the American Online. Welcome. Yeah, wow. You've got mail. You've got mail. Do you I think remember, there's still it brought people, back it brought back memories. Are there still people out there you think with AOL accounts? Oh yeah. I in fact there's a couple people that go to our church that have an at AOL.com really? email address. Yeah. Wow. Man, that's a person who's consistent. They stay with They're it. They're probably still paying the nine ninety nine a month. Okay. I wonder if they still have a CD ROM on their computer. I those might come in handy one day. Maybe for archaeological you ever, put one in the, you ever put one in the microwave? Yes. Yeah, and they do the little lightning thing. <laughs> My just kids once, got a though. kick out of that. Yeah, just cool. once. Um, yeah, it doesn't hurt nothing. The uh, no, I mean you can only do it to the CD once. Do you, yeah. Do you remember our um, uh, this church? We used to run a coffee shop down on Grand Avenue. His place. You, you came in there a couple times. Yeah, I cruised in there. A couple so when times. we first opened up his place, we had these cool coffee mugs, and they had like the logo for his place on them, and it had like this gold foil. Well. Ooh. We didn't think about, you probably shouldn't put gold foil on your cups if you might, because people would come, hey, can you zap my coffee? It's a little cold. We'd put it in the microwave. First couple times we did that, man, those were pretty cool little light show in the microwave. Oh, nice. And then they had these cool like little crinkly things all over. So yeah, they didn't I they wonder didn't if any of those cups well. are still around. I have one in my house. Really? Because, you know, it's kind of a, a memento for my wife and me because- I met my wife at his place. Oh, wow. And Nick Burt met his wife at his place. Man, that place was a hotbed of, that's before Christian Mingle. That was Christian Mingle for us. His Man. place coffee shop. Met my wife at wow. his place. Yeah. I met my wife the old-fashioned way. High school? Yeah, on the yeah. bus. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. That is the old-fashioned way. Yeah. It was a, yeah, well, I'll tell the story someday. You rode the bus to school? Well, my Porsche was broken. <laughs> <laughs> but like the full-on yellow bus? Like what, no, bus? no, not that. It was oh, a the, full like size city bus. bus. It was a full size bus. No, no, I know I'm not talking about that. short bus. I okay, was not right, talking about talking, that at okay. all. I was talking about like you actually rode like a yellow school so, bus. No, 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 no. So La Jolla no. High had like city buses came by. Oh, okay. Once, right. and you you know jump on those and put your forty five cents in or whatever it was, and uh, but it was a tragic story. See, really, my Porsche was in the shop. Uh huh. My mom's Porsche was in the shop. And we were down to one Lincoln Continental. Okay. So, you know, in the depths of despair and tragedy, having to ride the bus, the Lord had the greatest thing that was ever going to come into my life besides him, my wife. There you go. So, you know, there you go. So it was providential. Your my car struggle. broke down. My struggles. You say, see, I was suffering as Christian. Well, and see, I wasn't even a but Christian. This, is, this is proof right here. Sometimes yeah. when bad things happen, like your Porsche breaks down. Exactly. You don't realize that God is actually doing this on purpose because he's got a good plan. Exactly. Yeah, and you know what? You still have the lady that you met on the bus, but you don't got the car. I don't. I think you made out pretty well. I did okay. Yeah. I, I'm, I am not complaining. Good plans. So, you know, so far this whole Jesus thing is totally working out for working me. Working out. Yeah, it's working out good. So I have a problem. You're out of chai. I'm out of chai. Tai Chi or what Tai Chi? That's a bummer. I drank that way too quick. Mm. This cup keeps it so blistering hot. You know, this cup is not good. It doesn't keep it hot. Well, we need to get. You want a Yeti? We'll get you Yeti. Does it really keep it hot? Put your finger in that thing. Well, I don't. And the outside's not hot. That's nice. No, no, no. I don't want to touch your cup. It ain't gonna bother me. I might get sick. What am I gonna get? Coronavirus? I'm gonna get like liquid miles in there. Whew. Who knows? I might get up and start preaching. I you never my know. I nose a minute ago. You yeah, don't wanna, I don't yeah. care. You know, those are anointed boogers, so I'm just going to well, say. Yeah. I wouldn't go that far. Well, anyways. I don't know. I mean, you were letting them have it this weekend. It was great. I just got a message from a friend of mine. He just listened to the message, and he said, man, that was a good message. Wow. That was very encouraging of him. Right. He didn't. It, it's not like 
Guzik or something and say, it was even better when I preached it. No. Ouch. Ouch. No, you that don't hurts. you don't steal David's messages. No. But David I steals know people mine. who have. Do you think David steals yours? Come oh, on. 100% he steals my messages. I mean, people steal my analogies all the time. You know, but... he listens to this, so I'm sure I'll get a text message when he when he hears that oh, that little bit. Yeah. The... Some people steal from Guzik. Some people steal from Spurgeon. David they, steals from me. They, oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Actually, he takes from Spurgeon. They call that and voice. Does he quote some voice? Oh yeah, he's got he's got you read you he's got I, a long bibliography on his he website. He's very faithful. He's well in read his commodities there. When you're reading his deal, yeah, that he cites you know he well you, you're supposed Matthew to do Henry, that. You're supposed to do well. That. He's very fastidious about that. That's good. Yeah, because so. you don't want to be accused of plagiarism. I was just reading an article last last week about pastoral plagiarism and the concerns when people are basically, and not just like taking a quote here and there and forgetting to reference it, but when they're straight up taking an entire message from somebody else and just preaching it as if it was theirs. Wow. Yeah. Oh, and the guy, we've seen actually that. Was we've a, seen that. Well, actually, it wasn't even something I was reading. It was a podcast I was listening to, and the guy was saying that he was sitting with um, some people at a conference, and this guy was preaching. And the pastor he was sitting with leaned over and said, his next illustration is going to be, and told him what the illustration was. And as soon as he said it, the guy started giving that illustration and they looked at him like, dude, you read minds. How did you know that? And he goes, because so-and-so delivered this message many years ago. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. I was sitting next to our, our friend, David Guzik. We were at a pastor's conference and there's this guy preaching and my friend David leaned over and showed me his phone, and word for word, it was David Guzik's commentary, and this guy was, you know, not attributing, but just reading, which is, you got some guts. I mean, David's sitting in, like, the third row. Well, you're, you're at a pastor's conference. Yeah, all those guys awesome. are kind of looking. I mean, I... I mean, we all know that people do every it, Every message I put that's together. That's bold. That's bold. Yeah. Every message I put together, yeah. when I'm done putting it together... You run it through the David Guzik filter? Well, no. I, I go back and I look at commentaries to make sure I'm not oh. preaching heresy. Yeah. It's like a coffee filter for yeah, your message. Exactly. Go back right. and, you know, and, you know, once in a while you go, somebody will say, well, no. And, you know, it's often erroneously thought of as this and this. I go, oh, man, that was my third point. Better get rid of that. Take that out. So, yeah. No. You got to do your research, man. Well, um, shall we... Um, Cut to our, our news moment. Our newsy moment. Well, here, let's, yeah. let's cue the music. In the news. In the news. Man, that sounds good. Yeah, I like that. Man killed in West Springfield after years-long fight between he and his neighbor over dog poop. 24-year-old man was shot and killed Tuesday evening in West Springfield, Virginia, and a 52-year-old man, his neighbor, was charged in his murder after a year-long bout over dog poop. Shot him seven times. He must have been really angry. I guess the dog poop kind of sent him over at the edge. So was was the poop getting slung over the fence? I have no what? idea. It didn't say. It's just it's one of the poop. numbers said one of the neighbors said, well, you know, they had this issue. Maybe he wasn't, you know, using the little baggies to pick up his dog's poop when his dog would go poop. I don't mm. know. That's yeah. one of my favorite, you know, theories. Deja yeah. poop. Yeah. I've seen this stuff before. He just he just yeah. lost it. He got mad. Wow. Yeah. Man. That must have been a Yeah. <laughs> no bueno. Yeah, no bueno. That's that's not good. In other news, the super rich 
will soon be able to live forever, quotes, live forever, thanks to sophisticated scientific breakthroughs effectively bringing about the end of death, experts believe. Speaking to this news agency, futurologist, I want to be a futurologist. futurologist? Can I put that on my business Is card? Is that a thing? Can I put that on my business card? You can I mean, put whatever heard, you want on I've heard with. futurist. I've never heard futurologist. Futurologist. Futurologist and former Labor MP, Dr. Ian Pearson. So this is in Labor MP. Well, Labor MP, you know, a minister and the uh, parliamentary minister. Minister of Parliament. That's what MP means, I think. Um, uh, Dr. Ian Pearson said that, uh, that the next few decades will see the blurring of lines between humans and machines, and eventually we will be able to up, uh, upload our consciousness into the, the, you know, computer chips of a robot. So the super rich, of course, they'll be the ones that will be able to, to do this and live forever in the machine. Go right ahead. I'm going to be hanging out with Jesus. Yeah, yeah. It's either Google Paradise or... With Jesus. Yeah, Google Paradise doesn't sound good. No, I don't, I don't think so. I'm not down. No. I don't even know. Yep. They're going to be really bummed when they find out it's like net zero. In other news, the Washington Post reports, Jill Biden, this is the wife of uh, Democratic presidential candidate, is that former that vice president, shoot, Joe Biden. Shoot three times in the air, people? Right. Jill Biden... In split-second blocking maneuver, she protects her husband from lunging vegans. Lunging <laughs> vegans. Were they going to, like, stab him with a carrot or something? What There's was the a deal? video. I guess uh, a group of vegan, vegan protesters, they stormed the stage while he was speaking. And, uh, and there's a video of her, like, she's doing the, you know, kind of Secret Service thing, blocking. It's pretty awesome. Okay. Jill Biden. She was, she was on, the, on the bubble. Okay. How tough is it to block a vegan? Let's be honest. Yeah, that's a good after they just they just ate their soy protein. Yeah, sorry. A lot of energy. Yeah, no way. But yeah, she she jumped in between her husband. Well, she outweighed every one of them. Yeah. How much do you think she weighs? Over the vegan? Yeah. I don't know. She looks very fit. No, I, I don't even know what she looks like, but she looked fairly... I, I never comment on no, no, female she, people. She's not weight. a large person. I'm no, just she's saying, very small. No, yeah. she's a very small person, but she's still... But it is kind of funny. She took I mean, him down. I, this is no knock on Joe Biden, but he did kind of like get, you know, get behind his wife while she went to go block that the is, vegans. That is, that's horrible. I don't know. Maybe she's tougher than him. She, he's probably had a tussle or two with her. He you knows so? not to mess with her. Bring the smack down. I mean, I know not to mess with Andrea. I'm sure you know not to mess with your wife. Well, it's different. I mean, not, it's not a physical thing. I just might go without food. True, true. You know. It doesn't look like you've had that problem recently. No, I'm doing good, man. I'm doing great. I mean. <laughs> I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said it. You left it wide open. I couldn't help hey, myself. You know, I'm just saying. I couldn't help myself. Oh, my I apologize. Gosh. Please forgive me. You're forgiven. Okay, thank you. So, but. Hey, Someone's any, bound to right over in there? and say, Miles, yeah. why would you say such a thing? Oh, he's cruel No, mean. we ran out of Reese's peanut butter cups. What are we to do? Don't. This is not. No, 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 is, no, no, I'm no. not inviting anymore. No, we're I just, not. It was, we're good with mint tea. There's a reason why yeah, I'm mint sipping tea. mint tea. Mint tea. It's good for the digestion. Is it? It's, yeah, I think. I don't know. It gives my teeth. I'm really enjoying the chai. The chai has been very good. Although, if you leave your tea bag in there too long, it gets a little too spicy. It gets a little gamey. It hits the back of your throat. You're like, oh man, that's gnarly. Hmm. Yes. Wow. Hey, do you remember when we made that audio file where? Um, Jordan Peterson, Dr. Jordan Peterson was endorsing our podcast. Yeah, he's a great guy. And the uh, it was a fake. It wasn't real, of course. I mean, I wish it were. Um, 
But reading another news story here that fake audio such as deep fakes could plague business and politics and that there's a huge concern over the ability to fake synthesize voices with computer AI technology and deep learning so that we can make people say whatever we want them to say. Well, it's not even me here. I'm at home right now. You're just faking all this. Well, you know, I've been working really hard on your AI and I uploaded your consciousness into my computer. There it's you go. It's worked really well. Yeah. So yeah. that's good. Yeah. So you'll be here for a long time. There you go. Yep. In fact, the guy who did announcements a couple weeks ago wasn't even you. No, the names were changed to protect the innocent. No, no, that was your computer simulation. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. And when we did the video of me teaching a few weeks ago, that wasn't wasn't me either. That was computer generated. Yep, absolutely. It worked great. It wasn't even you. You Where were you? You were golfing? I was golfing, yeah. Yeah, I was was playing at Augusta National. Yeah? It was great. Did you win? No. Okay. No. But if anybody that listens to the podcast can, can get us in to play at Augusta National... Well, don't say us. I can't play golf. You will want to play. Even you know what? You've never played. I'll you'll drive, want to play. That. I'll drive the cart. I think you could be my caddy. There you go. I'd love Why to not? do that. I'm kind of your caddy already. Yeah, kind of. Except when the thing comes out of the bag, I'm the person who's got to club the guy. So yeah, okay. True. There you go. Yeah, I, I do the club. It's called a club. Is it's called the club? When the club comes out of the bag. Oh, yeah. club. Yeah, okay. yeah, that's what it's called. I just do the clubbing. Yeah. All right. I don't have any more news, but that's. Um, I got nothing on the news okay, thing. Good. Every I'm, it's so polluted with. You know. Goodbye. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Ten five. Yes. So we have to. We have that was questions. a long pause. That was a dramatic pause. Dramatic pause. Here we go. Dramatic pause. Welcome. You got mail. You've got mail. Now I've got the sound. All right, right man. We're set to go. Wow. Okay. So we are a fully operational battle station. Oh wow. Okay. I'm listening to the message and thinking, this is oh, number one. Questions, yeah. Okay, what are the questions? You, you ready to go here? Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm. Okay, you're focused. I'm focused. Okay, is that chai tea's not throwing you off, is it? No. Okay, good. Get, get in touch with your inner miles. There We're you good. go. You're We're here. Good. Okay, I'm, good. I'm listening to the message and thinking, but what of those that use the Bible and twist it to their own agenda? Well, <laughs> we've seen that a few times. I know they think they are doing right. Ever since I heard that Hitler used biblical reference to justify his actions, that has bothered me. Bothered me too. Yeah. Yeah. That should bother you. Yeah. And I think it's fair to say that Hitler used some of the writings of a pretty famous guy. Martin Luther. Martin Luther to justify. There, there were some anti-Semitic things that Martin Luther said. Yeah. And uh, Hitler jumped right on it. Yeah. Well, so. we all know very well that the Bible has been used many times out of context and in a manner that is inconsistent with the message of God and the nature of God. So, yeah, I mean, things can be certainly used out of context. I think this is in relation, I can't talk, in relationship to the message talking about leaders and wisdom and knowledge and understanding that we've been talking about in Deuteronomy because they said they're listening to the message. Um, I think that this is one of the reasons why it is important that there were a multiplicity, shall we say, of mm-hmm. leaders, and not just one. Moses wasn't just the, the totalitarian, if you will. Right. And without any accountability. So there were leaders who were to judge righteously in accordance with God's law. And there were some checks and balances. And I would say that checks and balances are good. And, um, yeah. I don't and know, that's my first thought. Oh, and he's prepping them for the Holy Land because... Prepping? I mean, he's prepping them. Prepping. Because... Um, People, that generation plainly could see that Moses was God's guy. 
right. with all the events. But Moses was going to be gone. And even he was accountable to God because right. he, he screwed was, up. Yeah, well, he messed up big time. He did. We'll talk about that. So uh, knock three times, you know, on the, yeah, on the rock. So, uh, and the, yeah, Hitler used, yeah, I think, yeah, it happens. So there's the certainly, there certainly is the danger of using scripture in ways that does not fit with the nature of God or the revelation of God. This is part of the reason why I think Paul in the New Testament says that the law is good if it is used lawfully. Right. So, yeah, can someone twist the scriptures? Yes, they can. And um, this is where it's important to have accountability and checks and balances. Right, and I think we've seen speakers, I'm not going to call them pastors, but Christians, quote, air quote, Christian speakers do this all the time. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, there's plenty of you know we could go to television of, speakers. Yeah, a name, yeah. Uh, prosperity teaching, uh, all those things. I think one of the things you have to look at too is you know just just because somebody quotes a scripture does not necessarily. You know, we we see politicians do this too. Just because somebody's quoting a scripture does not necessarily mean that they're living a life in obedience or believe in the scriptures. So watch that. And I think another really good way to see what's going on with this is you had quoted, you know, wisdom is justified by our children, otherwise the fruit of something. And so when you look at different theological things and maybe the lives of different ministries and things like that, I think you can look at the fruit of those things and uh, see if there's scriptures being twisted and people are being manipulated and all those things. So uh, be wary, be wise. Be on guard. Yeah, they... Paul uh, did not say that there would be wolves. He he did not say? He, he did not say that there'd be wolves because there weren't any. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He okay. said because there are. Be, yeah. Expect that there's going to be wolves in the church and and outside that are going to be twist. on guard. Yeah, double check. Yes, be Bereans. Check. Just like the Bereans in Acts chapter 17 who searched the scriptures daily to see if those things were so. And Luke says they were noble. Yeah. Noble in doing that. A good quality. Yeah, so uh, we're totally open to you hearing the message being taught here on Sunday morning and fact-checking it with the Bible. There you fact go. Fact-check it. And if you've got a question, you can send it into the questions podcast. 760-814-1223. There you go. Or you can call and leave a message, and you might end up on the broadcast. You That'd think be fun. And then we could say... You've got mail. Yeah. I, you think they can handle the truth? Yes. Absolutely. Those are our people. Our people... They got it going on. All right, Newman, I feel like we nailed that. I'm good with that. Okay, Shall we move ca- on to, are we on number two now? Numero dos. I cast my vote. All right. Did you vote? I did. I had my little sticker on yesterday. I voted. They sent you stickers in the absentee ballot thing now. That was awesome. I didn't get my sticker in the absentee ballot. I had ballot. an absentee ballot sticker. I bet somebody grabbed so I voted. Them. Oh, man. There's probably Russian You may not have looked through the whole packet. Yeah, I just so busy pouring over my vote yeah. stuff. This was just the preliminary. Yeah. The prelims. The big ones come. Right, the big ones are coming. Okay, number two. If you hear some construction noises, that's because there's some construction going on here. That's good. Yeah. When you hear construction noises and there isn't construction, that's when you need to be concerned. Be concerned. Yes. Did I hear weeping and gnashing of teeth over there? No. Okay. So number two. So I listened to your answer. Thank you. But it seems like you're saying that in order to tell if a biblical command still applies today... So this is referencing last week's last week. Uh, should I read last week's question? Yeah, go for it. So okay, last week's question was, why doesn't our church teach women that women should wear head coverings while praying? And if a woman, if a, if women aren't supposed to wear men's clothes and men aren't supposed to wear women's clothes, why does our church allow women to wear pants? And if it's okay for a woman to wear pants, does that mean that it's okay for a man to wear 
address. Uh, is it just about the intent of the heart? How can we tell the difference between a cultural teaching in the Bible and something we should still adhere to today? And then they gave the scripture references, 1 Corinthians eleven five 5 and Deuteronomy 22, 5. So onward. Okay. So this is a follow-up to our answer to the question that came last week. Right. And it says, thank you. But it seems like you're saying in order to tell if a biblical command still applies today, we need to do an in-depth study of the contextual culture in which it was given. There's no, like, rule of thumb for these type of things, question mark. How can we tell through Scripture whether a command still applies today, question mark. And if you can't just use the Bible alone to determine these types of questions, where do you start on doing the outside research? I wow. would probably need an example. Well, I think the example would be the whole thing of um, head coverings. And then, um, like the Deuteronomy 22, five passage, the women should not dress as men, men should not dress as women sort of thing. I think a good rule of thumb would be if you come to a passage of scripture and you go, wow, this doesn't look like something we do in our church or our culture might be a good indication that, well, maybe this has some cultural implications. And then in that respect, great tool that I highly recommend. And it's free blue letter or just blb.org, and you can go to Blue Letter Bible, and you can go to that verse or passage that you're looking at, and when you go to the verse or passage at Blue Letter Bible, then you're going to notice that right next to the verse is this little thing that says tools, and if you hold your cursor over the thing that says tools, you can go to commentaries and dictionaries, and you can start to research the information about things that are going on there. So if I go to Deuteronomy chapter 22, verse 5, and I go to the dictionaries, it has information about abominations. It has information about apparel. It has information about all kinds of different things, the decrees of God, desolation, and abomination of, oh, the abomination of desolation. Ooh, that's another day. So yeah, so there's a lot of information that you can read about there from the Easton's Bible Dictionary and the International Standard Bible Encyclopedia. And then there's commentaries. And uh, there's a commentary we like. It's, it's Enduring, Enduring Word. Yeah. yeah. David Guzik, his commentary is on the Blue Letter Bible. Yeah. And so is Dr. J. Vernon McGee and a whole bunch of other people. Yeah. Right. So um, so those would be some tools that would be helpful. But yeah, I would say general rule of thumb, when you come to a passage that seems like, well, we don't require head coverings at our church, and Paul says here there should be head coverings. So that should be a good indication that, huh, something's going on here. Man, we're hearing some pounding going on. The We got the construction noises going on. Tater. We're building things here. There we go. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah. Yeah. Um, so that would be a good indication that there's some cultural considerations going on here and um, to look deeper into. I don't know. you have any further thoughts on this, Mark? Uh, not really. I'm trying to think of some other instances in the Bible where we have to resort to that. It's not very common that I'm thinking. Have to resort to? To having to go back and look at the cultural situations. And well, you know, I mean, I think it's really helpful to understand some basics of history and culture when studying right. some of these books. But, you know... The best way to look at those things is just to um, read some encyclopedias. Uh, sometimes the study notes in your study Bible, if you have one of those. But a lot of this stuff is available for free. And I mean, Blue Letter Bible is a spectacular resource for some of those tools. Uh, and I'm thinking about doing a little online video class on how to use some of the tools for Blue Letter Bible. That'd be kind of a neat yeah, thing. Yeah. So, and I'll just interject this. It's uh -huh. not necessarily in the question, but the overall search thing. Yeah. Is sometimes the adventure... 
is in looking. And the learning is in the the hunting or the right. the, the the hiking and going through the word and looking at these other resources because right. you can pick up a lot of other things on the way that are really valuable uh, to your soul and the soul of others. Uh, really, really encouraging things as you begin to study the Bible and you start to see culturally some of these things and get involved in the history. It's really rich and it's going to make you a better, stronger, more informed believer. Yes, absolutely. And, yeah, and it's going to give you a little bit, a little more depth, an extra club in your bag, so to speak, uh, when you get into those situations when you're talking with people. So mm-hmm. I think that's a good thing. So sometimes the fun is in the trip, so to speak. It's about the journey. There you go. Okay. All right. Number three. My son identifies as a boy. I, I think this is a follow-up on that answer from Deuteronomy 22. Verse is it really? Two. I think so. Okay. All right. Yeah. My son identifies himself as a boy. However, he enjoys wearing dresses. Are you saying he is an abomination? So no. like I said, this is, this is coming from that passage Deuteronomy 22, verse 5, that another person asked a question about, and we answered the question last week. So Deuteronomy 22, 5 says, A woman shall not wear anything that pertains to a man, and a man shall, nor shall a man put on a woman's garment, for all who do these things are an abomination to the Lord your God. And I believe when we talked about this last week, we made the point that this pertaining clothing pertaining to a man or pertaining to a woman is that the man is identifying himself as a woman and vice versa. The woman is identifying herself as a man because as far as we can tell historically from this general period of time, when a, the clothing that a Jewish man would wear would be like a long robe garment that actually would in some ways look akin to a yeah. dress. It's not like they had jeans. They, they didn't have Levi's back then. They had right. the Levites, but not Levi's. And so... Um, I mean, Obi-Wan Kenobi was wearing a dress. Would you call that a, that no, was was a like robe? It was a robe. It was a robe. Yeah. It was a dude robe. But I'm just yeah. saying, like the Franciscan say monks, that. they got the cool Jedi garb oh, going on. Man, they're, we need we need to bring those some Jedi, into the Protestant yeah. area. That'd be cool. Yeah, we need hands. Us Protestants, too. we don't have any cool like cassocks. I look, the Catholics got the greatest well, hands. Orthodox signals. too, the Eastern Orthodox. Yeah, guys, they got it going on. They're doing this deal, you know, with the cross. I'm like, man, they're bringing they in do the that lefty. at the baseball games. Yeah, they're signaling yeah. the shortstop. They're throwing stuff down. We got nothing. Yeah, I was watching my son play baseball the other day, and his coach was doing the signs, and he's like nodding. I'm going, I have no clue. What what does all that stuff mean? Did he either? I need to ask him. Like, can you school me? Because I want to know. I want to know the secret language. You know what? Ask the Astros. Yeah, we'll get this. Yeah. What team do you think he's on? The Astros. He's on the Astros. He was very, very bummed that he got on the Astros. He just needs to be the pillar of integrity. Apparently, some um, little leagues across the country are not allowing – the uh, the Astros to be a part of their little league anymore. Yeah, it's too far. I think all the teams are cheating. Yeah, it's just the Astros didn't get away with it. Yeah, so they're all a bunch of cheaters. Anyways, uh, so back to the question. So this has to do with the Deuteronomy twenty two five passage, and the person asked the question. My son identifies himself as a boy. However, he enjoys wearing dresses. Are you saying that he is an abomination? And you you gave a quick no. No, he is no, not. No. An so we'll we'll try and let's try and. There's a lot of levels of consideration in this question, I think. Um, so, and it's an important question. It is an important question. And we do realize this is not an this is not a ethereal question no, or a person. This, this is practical. A real person. This is a real person. Rubber meets the road. Yeah, we didn't make this up. Right. Is the question. Yeah. Now, if the son in this particular case, if the son were an adult, and he identified himself as a man, because he's biologically a man. 
but he were dressing in women's clothing and identifying himself as a woman, then you'd have to ask the question, what's going on here? And have to kind of deal with this at a, an adult level because he would be accountable for his behavior and the things that he's doing. But in this case, we're assuming that this is not an adult man. This is a child. So we bring this home to parents of small children. And when I say small children, I mean children who have not yet reached puberty. They're kids. Like eight right? or 10-year-old. Yeah, whatever. Eight-year-old. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So in, in the West, I was thinking about this since we got this question. Like in my lifetime, we have wholesale bought into this idea of self-expression is the epitome of all things. So everything has to do with self-expression and we don't ever want to get in the way or intervene in someone's self-expression because that's their identity. And um, I think this is not a helpful way to look at life that, you know, everything is about your self-expression. And then when you get into the whole thing of children, I mean, parents have been told for the entire time that I've been growing up, going back to the whole self-esteem movement of the eighties and nineties, don't ever get in the way of your child's self-expression. And, um, I got some, some thoughts and questions about that because what if your, your kid feels that their self-expression comes in the form of like hitting other kids? I was going to say, have you ever, have you ever not just a sidebar here? Yeah. Have you ever broken anybody's nose? Have I broken somebody's nose? No, but, uh, I did break a guy's ribs one time and, and when it happened, he fell on the ground and like, I guess the pain was so intense that his body just went like into shutdown mode. So he fell on the ground and his, his eyes like rolled back in his head and he started shaking and then he stopped and he was like laying there lifeless. And I thought for sure I killed him. Uh, martial arts wrestling. Okay. High school wrestling. I thought I done gone killed the guy. I'll just tell you something. What? So I broke this guy's nose one time with a sweet right. Just a square right jab? Square or like right, a hook? right to the nose. Oh, yeah. And I flattened that thing, and he bled like a chicken. Mm. I didn't know chickens bled yeah. like that. And it felt good. Wouldn't it be like he bled like a pig? No? No, he bled like, the a same, like a chicken. Okay. He, it felt good. It felt good for you. How old were you when this happened? This was like last uh, week? I was probably 12. Okay, yeah. So sixth grade? Yeah. Thereabouts. Yeah, exactly. That's sixth grade. Sixth grade. And then another guy that same year, I broke his jaw. What is wrong with you, little bully man? Uh, no. Self-expression. There you go. Mm. They, I was at a school where you know kids are mouth and this and that. And the, the go time was is if he touched, our rule was is if the guy touch you, starts pushing on you, uh-huh. you can hit back. Gotcha. So I hit back. Uh-huh. And let me tell you something. Nothing does more for the self-esteem of a 12-year-old boy I'm trying to see where we're going. Oh, dude, with this. you see where we're going. Then blacking somebody's eye, breaking somebody's nose, or smashing. At the time, in my head, I gained a great deal of self-esteem for that. Oh, that was my go-to. I felt good about myself. That yeah, was so my I expression. mean, this kind of goes to my question. Yeah, like, if you're it totally if you're, goes to your question. If I, your I, kid, it, they they feel like expressing themselves is in the form of hitting other children, or let me make it even worse, they're just expressing themselves. They're being cruel to small animals. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, yeah. Or throwing a temper tantrum in public. Yeah. I know I, one guy used to take all his clothes off. Right, so you, you your self-expression is not in wearing dresses, but being nude. Yeah. So would we would we interview you and say anything in that situation? Right. I'm assuming we would. Right. So. And, and obviously, violent behavior is more shocking. Right. Than a young boy wearing a dress. 
Yes. But I'm saying that one of the things you did bring up during the sermon was is that we need an overarching morality. Right. And that govern, should govern society. When and we, where do we get that morality? That's the question. The Bible. Because right now our culture is saying, no, you get to do you. You do whatever you want to do and whatever makes you feel okay. But we, from a Christian perspective, say, no, we, we actually have a standard of morality, right and wrong, that has been given to us. Right. So did you write this verse? I did not write this verse. I did not write this verse. No, I just I just read the verse. A guy, King James, didn't even write the verse. No, no. So it's the part of this is is reporting the news. Now, the real person, and so we want to. I'm right. Be, you know. So so on that point, one of the first verses that comes to my mind for mm-hmm. parents, because when I became a parent, I don't know about you, but we had our first kid about six months after I became the pastor of this church, and I felt far more prepared to pastor a church than I did to be a dad. There was a part of me that was like, man, I don't know what I'm doing here. And, and then you go, you go to the hospital and you have this kid and there's all these people in the room when the, when the baby's born. And then like 20 minutes later, it's just you and your wife and the baby. Responsibility. And I'm looking at this thing going, well, well now what? And then the next day they kicked us out and they said, do you got a car seat? And I said, yeah, we got a car seat. They're like, all right, get out of here. All right, you're licensed to parent. I mean, you mean to tell me all you want to know is do I got a car seat? Yep. Well, I got one. Well, then get out of here. And then you're like, oh, goodness gracious, what am I supposed to do? So what do you do? You go and you say, God, I need you to give me some wisdom about raising these kids. And there's some verses like Ephesians 6 that says, and you fathers do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. So instruct your kids to walk in the right way according to scripture. So I think it's really important for dads to take a key leadership role and being the priest within the home and leading your family in a way that is right before God. And uh, that's an important thing. And that involves training your children, training your sons and your daughters to walk in a way that is right. So for me, I have a couple of sons and I want to train them to carry themselves as godly men and how to treat and respect others. You know, there's a lot of talk and this even connects to the whole thing in our culture about Toxic masculinity. Have you heard about this whole toxic masculinity thing? I'm completely toxic. Yeah, I've noticed. I know. Um, so I was thinking more caustic than toxic, but you know. Maybe both. Okay, maybe. Yeah. So um, so the toxic masculinity, masculinity thing in our culture, if there is toxic men, which there are, I would venture to guess that they didn't have some good godly examples of fathers training them to respect other people and to walk in a way that was right before God. And so I think it's incumbent upon dads, especially Christian dads, to train their sons to carry themselves and how to present themselves. This even means in how they dress and how they interact with other people so that you would be preparing your son to walk in a way that is good in society, a blessing to others, glorifying to God, all those things. Those are some of the things. I have a lot more to say about this, but you have some thoughts at this point? No, no, I, I, I would agree with you, and it's it's... Again, we're talking about a real person here, right? right? Yeah. And so uh, there's got to be a way out of this. And, and I don't give my kids the option. I am responsible for my children. Now, they're all, my, all my kids are, are older and on their own and taking care of themselves. But I never give my kids the option in their own parenting. So um, I didn't let them play with loaded guns. Right. God entrusted I, them to you. To me. And so I am the boss of the applesauce. And I have to do what I believe God has called me to do. And I'm trying to give them the best life I possibly can. 
And so there's some real hard calls and decisions you make as far as discipline. And with the knowledge that someday, because these children were entrusted to you yeah. by God, you will be held accountable. I will stand before the Lord with right. how I raised my kids and how right. I treated my wife. Yes. I know that. And as a pastor, uh, there's yeah. there's even an accountability that if your kids kind of went sideways, uh, there's not going to be the opportunity for you to continue to pastor well, in the same way that you are if you cannot parent your children in a way that is honorable to the Lord. Exactly, so exactly. I have a kind of an added challenge in that as a pastor. You right, know. right. I'm off the hook now. My kids are No, old. no, 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 you're not. They're yeah, still, yeah, yeah. they're still. They're still alive. Is that it? No, know. but uh, but that being said, I had to do the things that are best for my children. And I wanted people to like my children. I wanted my children to be able to take care of themselves and do all those things. And I didn't want to put them into a, um, a situation where they're at a disadvantage Right. Uh, on purpose or because of a lack of parenting. And so, you know, I didn't let them smoke or play with loaded guns. Well, we play with loaded guns, but together. It's not really playing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's not really playing. Um, do things that are dangerous, all those things, because they were not good for them. Right. And so, uh, but I also understand because this is going on, there's got to be a way steeped in wisdom to not do the dress thing. Yeah. And and I I was thinking about this today because I was praying for this family because mm-hmm. it's a it's it could be but handled incorrectly this could be uh, not such a great situation right. you don't want to not handle it I had a brother who had his favorite blanket and it was this quilty blanket thing and he took it everywhere with him and he was probably I don't know three or four and he still had the blanket now my grandmother was you know she's hardcore. So she's like, you got to get rid of the blanket. So every time she see my brother, she would cut a piece of it off. So the blanket would get smaller. And he would not let go of this blanket. And I remember one day my we were going to look at carpet. And so back in the day, they used to have these really cool little carpet things that held the carpet. They were like these uh, like turnstile-y looking things. And so my mom said, hey, you know, leave the blanket in the car because you're not going to want to, you know, have to drag it around. And there was an argument, and my brother insisted on bringing the blanket in. So he brought the blanket into the carpet store, and we do what boys do. We're rolling down the carpets and having a great time, and, you know, we're all done. The parents buy the carpet. We're driving home. We get a couple blocks from the house, and all of a sudden my brother realizes the blanket is gone. So did my parents turn around and go get that blanket? Nope. He learned a valuable lesson. He was upset for a day. And guess what? He's 50 years old and he's not dragging a blanket around. Right. Practical. So there are some specifics on this question that, because there's kind of three parts to this question. Yeah. Uh, First part, my son identifies himself as a boy. No, your son does not identify himself as a boy. He is a boy. He was born with boy parts. If you did a blood test, you would find that he's a boy. He didn't get to choose what sex he was. You didn't get to choose what sex he was. He's a boy. And so if we believe what the Bible says, then we believe that God chose that he would be a boy. And since God chose that he would be a boy, he needs to be taught that God made him that way and that God desires him to use his manhood as a man in a way that is honoring and glorifying to God and that he should live in the way that God made him. Now, we see all throughout our culture people wanting to live in ways other than the way that God made them And if we believe the Bible, and this is a real big if, big question. If we believe the Bible and we believe that this actually is the 
owner's manual for the equipment that God who made us gave us, then we would also have to believe that the God who made us knows the purpose for which he made us. And that if we use something in a way contrary to the purpose for which it was made, then we're going to break that stuff down. It ain't going to work quite the right way anymore. And the statistics on this are, Ooh, are pretty dire, pretty clear. Yeah. That when we don't use the equipment, this, this whole body, our mind, you know, our soul, our body, and the way that God made us, we break the equipment and it breaks down. So, so on the, my son identifies as a boy. No, he's a boy. He is a boy. Period. And, and yes, I understand there are going to be people who would object and say, well, but what about those who don't have the boy parts? Um, well, external genitalia are not the best indicator all the time for the parts. Now, they're pretty good. And then 99.9 something percent of people, the outside parts tell you what the sex of the individual is. But there are some because we live in a world that is broken and fallen and the brokenness of the genome even, we see mutations. This is where all kinds of sicknesses, you know, when people get cancer and all this yeah. sort of stuff, it's, it's a bummer. We and live in a broken world. that's not this child. Right, no. No. So. So, so for the most part, the outside dictates what's going on. But even we know, we know for a fact, simple blood test will reveal, is this person, you know, a man or a woman, male yeah. or female? So, so this is an issue of, uh, it's not just the way we identify ourselves. It's the way that God has made us. So the next part of it. So son identifies himself as a boy. Next part. He enjoys wearing dresses. Well, again, what if your son enjoyed being nude, didn't want to wear any clothes? You wouldn't let him go to school like that. The school wouldn't let him go to school like that. You wouldn't let him go run around outside like that. So what if your son enjoyed punching people in the nose? I enjoyed it. Or torturing and killing small animals. You wouldn't be okay with that. You would intervene. Uh, my kids enjoy eating candy all day long. But I'm dad. And so I don't let my kids eat candy all day long. We have rules that govern our household for their good. So I want to make sure that I'm raising them for they're good. So there are a lot of things that our kids could enjoy, but as a Christian parent, I get to train my kids in the way that they should go. That's my job as a parent. I'm going to be accountable to God for that. And I need to socialize my kids so that they can thrive in society. And the world is a harsh place. And uh, part of my job is to prepare them in a way that they will be able to live well in the world as a representative of Jesus. And so verse comes to mind, Romans 12, 2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may display what is God's good and acceptable and perfect will. That's what I want for my kids. I want them to be transformed by Jesus and to show forth his glory in this world. You got some more thoughts? Well, the way the question is phrased, the word identifies. Right. Um, it's a very cultural thing. That's a very cultural word. Right. And so I'm assuming that they maybe they have or haven't talked to a Christian counselor, but identifies as a word that's a cultural word. Yeah. And um, I would be really careful about either, you either need to have the world's view of raising children or you need to have yeah. God's view of raising children. Pick one mm -hmm. because a hybrid will not work. Choose today who you'll serve in this and who you're going to honor in this. And no, your son is not an abomination. No. But the Bible says that action has something very strong to say about that action. And that, that's speaking about adults. You and know? let's talk about adults. There is a difference between yeah. kids and adults. And uh, children, praise the Lord, they're far less accountable 
until a certain point. Yes, absolutely. So, and they, they, they come out kind of ignorant. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. And so it's, it's our job to train them. Right. And so, um, I would be really careful if, if I'm adopting some of the world's right. theories and views on these things. And I heard a quote the other day and I thought it was really good. Um, don't, when you turn your children over to Caesar, uh, for their education and they're, you know, basically turning your children over to Caesar, don't be surprised when you have a Roman on your hands. We have to be really careful that if we're applying the world standards to the children, and that's our, that's our standard, not God's standard, right. you're going to be really surprised one day because you're going you're gonna to raise a worldly kid. Well, and it's worth hitting on, on that point because my kids go to a government school. They go to public school. So did mine. And, um, and they come home hearing some interesting things, most of the time not from their teachers. Most of the weird things they come yeah. hearing from, it's from the, the other kids. And, um, and so they come home having heard some pretty wacky, weird things. And we get to process that with them and say, all right, well, let's think about that according to what we believe. Uh, I got a great story the other day. Uh, one of our daughters was at a friend's house and uh, she made a comment about Chick-fil-A because I like Chick-fil-A. I love the Chick-fil-A. My kids like Chick-fil-A with the lemonade. Mm. It's all good. Waffle um, fry. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> we, we like Chick-fil-A. And uh, so one of my daughters made a comment about Chick-fil-A and my daughter's only eight. And the mom of this other girl at this house heard her make a comment about Chick-fil-A. And she goes, we don't like Chick-fil-A. They give their money to bad people. Who do they give it to? Well, so Evangeline comes home like, whoa, what's this all about? Startled. Are we giving money to Chick-fil-A and they're giving money to bad people? Who's the bad people? Christians. So, so Evangeline was just kind of like, mm. how, do, how do I deal with that one? I said, well, let's just move on. Let's go get a Chick-fil-A sandwich, daughter. Yeah, let's have some waffle fries. <laughs> let's go get some Chick-fil-A. Yeah. 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 So, so, yeah, I mean, they come home here and all kinds of interesting things, and we have to process that. So, yeah. And, you know, raising children is tough. It is challenging. And I'm glad that my kids are older now because I think there's a whole other set of challenges out yes. there for young kids. And, and there's a lot of strange influences, too. Absolutely. And the things that's rammed down, the things that are rammed down these kids' throat about sexuality and all these things that they yeah. really don't need to be discussing for many, many years, if at all, um, are given to them at an age where they're really not, it's like they're trying to shape Yeah, we're them. having to, we're having to talk with our kids about things that I didn't have to hear until I was four years older than them. Yeah, they really, our kids have no business hearing and it, this and, stuff right and, and every time it's because they heard it from a friend, not, right. not the school. Right. So, and I think one of the things that was, you know, key for us in raising our kids, yeah, even through college was... Our kids went to Palomar College, you know, they're 14, 15 years old. They're at Palomar taking classes. Yeah. And so, like, Dad, I heard this. And we'd have a discussion about it. And it was a teaching moment. Hmm. Uh, but it's your responsibility to raise your children. Yeah, don't don't outsource that. So, yeah. I mean, I, my kids. Because if you outsource that to Caesar, you're going to get, get a Roman. Some Romans. You know, and my kid went to Caesar's school. But yeah, guess what? I didn't outsource the raising of them. So, and, you know, one parting thought there, um, our compassion. Right, I was thinking the same thing. All that t towards this It's a family. heavy thing. It's a it's hard a, yeah. situation. And so... And we're, uh, being, we're being given competing thoughts because you're going to hear from people who don't have a value from the scriptures, a value system from the scriptures. You're going to be told all kinds of different things about how you should raise your kids. And, and not just in this area. 
having to do with what you should tell your kids about sexuality, what you should tell your kids about discipline, how you should discipline your kids. I mean, the culture around us is constantly going to be telling us this is what you need to do. But again, wisdom is justified by our children. Right. And there's a and look at the outcomes. And there's a lot of lies out there that are being perpetuated uh, in the form of, hey, have an open mind. Right. And and, and oh, you're you're such a hater and things like and, that. And I mean, we don't need to be cruel and mean or unkind or hateful towards people who are different than we are. But when it comes to raising our own kids, yeah, I think we should train them in the way and the fear and admonition of the Lord. Right. Because nobody else is going to stand before the Lord. On, about your kids for them yeah they and they'll stand before the lord yeah so um yeah and I, you know i would say if there's anything i can do to help i would help right so all right good question yes real good question thank you for that okay number four um you gotta yeah what yeah, if yeah, the yeah. law is wrong is it okay not to follow the law if it is not correct so this is talking about a national law i would assume Right, um, and I don't know what correct means because there's a lot of dumb laws, but I have to follow them. Yeah, you know, prostitution is legal in Nevada. Right, but I'm not following that. Adultery is legal in America. 10-4. Uh, abortion is legal in America. So, yes, if there's a law calling us to do something that's against God, then we follow the track of both Old Testament and New Testament saints, and that is we will obey God rather than men. But have to add to this, they're in, in a society, whether it's, we can see examples of this in the Old Testament and the New Testament. If you're going to take the stand, which you should as a Christian, we're going to obey God more than man, you need to be prepared to suffer the consequences. Right. So Daniel, he, there was a command given from Babylon, you're not allowed to pray. He said, sorry, I'm praying. And we, he ended up in yeah. the lion's den. He was Shadrach, set up too, man. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they said, we are not following the king's decree and bowing down to his golden image. And they ended up in the fiery furnace. And the apostles in the New Testament, Acts chapter 4, Acts chapter 5, they were the ones who said, we're going to obey God rather than man. And at one point, they ended up in jail. Another point, they ended up getting beaten. Another point, um, you know, Peter is about to be put to death before God springs him out of jail with an angel. Right. Uh, Paul suffered at the hands of governments. And, uh, you know, Philippi, he and Silas were beaten with rods. So not for doing anything wrong, Jesus was crucified. For why? For righteousness. John the Baptist was beheaded. Why? For righteousness. So, so if we're going to take a stand, which we should, we need to be prepared to suffer. And I have a feeling that that's going to become more and more of a reality in the United States because we see our culture diverging more and more away from the principles of God. And all those biblical examples you just gave right. have one thing in common. God was glorified through all that suffering, and they were an example to all those around them, and I believe converts were one. Yes. And at the end of the day, the Great Commission, I like to call it the Big Commission. The Big Commission? Yeah. Well, it's like you got a Big Commission, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, the Great Commission was fulfilled, not in, in its entirety, but the 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 Great Commission was being done through those works because mm-hmm. it was a tremendous witness to all those around, and uh, yeah, but there was suffering. It stinketh. Truly. Yeah. So, yeah, you're going to have to stand up and do that. But this is, and these are not correct does not mean doesn't make sense. I mean, there's a lot of laws that don't make sense. Right. But we're talking when it conflicts with God's biblical mandate. So, 
Yeah. But thankfully, we don't do not have that situation in America currently. No, we are grateful for that. Yeah. All right, number five. In the message last Sunday, did you say that there is no rapture? I was th- I was thinking we were going to get this question. Yeah. And you were you were very clear that there was you you did believe I, yeah, I didn't Jesus say was going to come back. I said that. I said that the the kind of rapture theology that has been promoted in the last in my lifetime since the in the last forty years has, in one sense, promoted a concept that hey, the world's just going to get worse and worse and worse, and but don't worry, we're going to escape it. And I think, in one respect, the church has become a little too quiet when it when it comes to the the craziness of our culture and has not been bold enough to speak up and out for the values of Christ and the scriptures. And I think some of it may have some connection to this mindset of, well, it's just going to get really, really bad, and then we're just going to get out of here. So, you know, don't expect it to get any better. It's just going to get worse. I don't think that's helpful. So do I think that Jesus is going to return? Yes. Do I think he's going to gather his church to himself as he returns or when before he returns? Yes. Now, we can get into a whole big discussion about the timing of the rapture, which we won't do right now. But um, there are difference of opinions on that. Um, but we are still saying, come Lord Jesus, come. But if he doesn't in my lifetime, um, I would really like that my kids and grandkids and great grandkids, should they ever come, that they are living in a society where they can continue to worship God and to do so freely and have many of the same liberties and freedoms that we enjoy today and that's not entirely a given. And I think you gave some really good horse historical context yeah. for what happens in a, society, in a society when good men do nothing. And, and that wasn't long ago. Yeah. I mean, I it, mean there are still people alive, alive right yeah. now who saw society just fall apart. How in many million Europe. in Russia? So they don't have a set number, but it's upwards of 20 million in Russia and, and 70 or more million in, in China now. And then you have the killing fields of Cambodia. And I mean, and that's not to mention what happened in the Holocaust and the Second World War, but that pales in comparison to the 100 million people that died in the 20th century as a result of the wacky, crazy things that happen in society. Shenanigans, shall we say. <sighs> yeah, bad stuff. And, and unfortunately... And people forget that stuff. Yeah, unfortunately, we have all these talks of certain governmental styles and we fail to recognize some of the things that have happened in other parts of the world underneath those systems. So, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, we, we are, you a, did not say there is no rap. We are a church when it, as it re- relates to eschatology and prophecy, we, we hold a premillennial view. We believe that Jesus is going to come bodily one day, return and establish his kingdom. And before he does, he will gather his church to himself, which some people refer to as the rapture. So we believe that. And so we say, come Lord Jesus, come. But until you come, help us to occupy until you come and continue to preach the gospel unto all peoples. And then shall the end come, Matthew 24. So like, let's say the Lord comes back, you know, in the next, our lifetime. Okay. If Jesus was to come back, yeah. What would you want to be caught doing? The podcast? Yeah. Absolutely. Be amazing. We'll be right like mid-sentence and we'll say, Welcome. Come Lord Jesus, come. And then we'll say to the world, Goodbye. Adios. Yeah. Wow. But you know what? Hmm. Most of our listeners are going to go with us. Yeah. Groovy. 
Awesome. They're stuck with us forever. Do you think we could have a podcast in the kingdom? I don't see why not. I hope so. We could hang out on the sea of glass. We could have guests. We could have the, the Apostle Paul come Absolutely. answer some questions for us. You know us. what? We could be the official podcast of heaven. We would just be the, the hosts because we basically would have to say like, well, Paul, what do you think about this? <laughs> and then he'd break it down. Yeah. He goes, you guys got this all wrong. Let me explain what I meant when I wrote that verse because you don't have a clue. Well, you know. Yeah. Old English and all that. Uh-huh. Yeah, he would definitely say thousand arts and these. And, uh, yeah. 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 Because he speaks King James. That's how I get all my prophecies. Old King James. Yep. For sure. Okay. Number five in the mess. Okay, no, no. Uh, number number six. six. Number six. God shows us how to judge righteously by pointing out three criteria. This person was listening because they caught the, they caught the gist of the message. They, they snagged it, huh? Good. Show no partiality. Yep. Don't ignore the small people. Zacchaeus. Mm. And don't be intimidated by the powerful. Why do you think God had to point out these traits of righteous judgment? Because our inclination is to be partial, to be biased is another way Against to say the little, it. Yeah. And, and ignore the little guy. And really, uh, ignoring the little guy when he says, listen to the small and the great, that's an issue of partiality. Mm-hmm. So we, we have a tendency towards being biased. We have a tendency by being, to being intimidated by powerful people or wealthy people or whatever it may be. So because we have this tendency, God has to say, hey, be aware. Don't let this be a blind spot. Know that this could be a, a pitfall mm-hmm. and make sure that you don't fall into it. But what we're going to see as we go through Deuteronomy and other Old Testament passages is that unfortunately, Israel, like all human governments, because we are flawed and failed, they dealt with partiality and they were not um, impartial in their dealing with the small and the great. And they were intimidated by the powerful. So the reason God points it out is because it's a snare. Yeah, we mess it up. We do. You'll, fi- you'll, you'll find, I think, things that are repeated in the Bible. For a reason? Yeah, they're not repeated because God has, you know, uh, some type of memory issue. Yeah. It's because we have a memory issue. We do. We forget. And we need to keep learning the same lessons over and over and over. I'm fairly forgetful. Yeah? Yeah. Do you mess up the same thing all the time? Mm, no, I, I try to do new things. I, you know, I want to make sure You're I mess creative. up as keeping it fresh. as possible. Yeah. Keeping it fresh. Yep. Well, I mean, I don't hit people in the face anymore. That's good because uh, I'm you saying, wouldn't have very many friends. No. 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 Of course, nobody really pushes me around either. That's good. I don't like being pushed around. Hmm. Who does? No one that I know. Turn the other cheek. That is what the verse says. I'm still working on it. Well, I think this might bring us to the end of our questions podcast for this week. The first week of March, time change this weekend. Did we have a leap day or year? We did. Yeah, we did have a leap, huh? Last Saturday was the 29th. Last night? In honor of that, my wife and I watched the movie, or, yeah, it was, no, night before last. Leap year. There's a movie called Leap Year? Leap Year with, um, I don't know, uh, some actor guy and Amy Irving. Yeah, I don't know who that is. It was actually, a, I, if I can, everything I remember, a pretty clean movie. Oh, okay. And uh, kind of fun. It took place in Ireland. Ah. So. Well, another Irish thing is coming up soon. St. Patrick's Day is just a little ways away, 13 days away, 17th of March. There's no candy for St. Patrick's Day. 
Oh, I'm sure that Reese's makes a clover. Oh, dude. But you know, we're, we're heading towards Easter. So the eggs are coming. Yeah. You know, I had like, it was surreal. I was walking through the store and all this Easter stuff was in there. Mm -hmm. And for a second, I, I don't know what happened. Maybe I was transported to another time and place. I'm walking down the aisle and I go, what's with the leftover Easter stuff? It should be cheaper than that. And then it was like Easter had already come. And I'm, all of a sudden I was in the store. I'm like, I think I, I think I'm, I forgot where I was. You were transported. Kind of. It's like, you know, when you're on the freeway and you forget to take your exit. Yep. You ever, you ever have that happen to you? Uh-huh. You're so lost in thought. I drive my wife crazy because I can tend to be lost in thought while I'm driving. She's like, where are you? I'm on the freeway somewhere. I didn't realize it. Okay, it okay now, like if I'm cooking on a sermon, uh huh, I tend to forget a lot of things. Yeah. Because I'm thinking about... Maybe that's my problem. Well, you, yeah, you're putting, you're putting your heart and soul into this thing. You're I'm giving trying. blood in that, in that pulpit. Yes. There you go. Um, so you did that, you went, did you rip last week's sermon off? Cause that wasn't a big yes. No, that I did not. That was all that you. That was not played. You and, you and God, huh? I don't know where you would find a message like that other than out of my brain. I don't, I, I think it was, I don't think, don't take this the wrong way, but I don't think anybody would want to preach some, preach a message like that. I enjoyed it. No, not because it was bad, but because oh. it was pretty confrontational. Well, you know me, the grenade thrower. I know. It's always fun to do that. Yeah. Well, I think we're done. I think so. We should probably stop. We've really covered some ground today. Yeah. So keep your questions coming. And uh, call us and leave us a voicemail message question, and then maybe we'll air it on the show. That would be spectacular. Thank you for the hard questions, by the way. Yeah, those are very thought-provoking. I hope they're helpful to people. 760-814-1223. And we'll see you next time. Happy trails.